At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, October 5th. It is time for the Raider Nation mailbag edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We are here to read thy mail, starting with my partner in crime. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. I am Scott Branson, your humble host. You can follow me at LV Gully, and we're going to jump right in because you had lots to say. The Raiders win a game, but still, Mo, it's really interesting. They win a game, but people still want to talk about what they're not doing. 
That's how it goes. Um, when you're <laughs> when you're now one in three, people are not satisfied with one win over the Denver Broncos. They want more, and I and you know what? I don't blame them because the expectations coming into the season were very high for the Raiders. Yeah, no question. Uh, we look at this again, and um, and 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 the the mail mostly around the Raiders, what they're doing, what they're not doing, and then a, a one that we're going to get to in the second segment, a question around the big showing of Broncos fans at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Before, mm-hmm. Two hours before the game started, this was the conversation. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, it's like a pet peeve of mine. So we'll get to it later because we had a question from a, a listener in Vegas that we're going to get to. And I'm going to go off a little bit on it because it's just, it's crazy. But anyway, our buddy Chad Mixon down in Kentucky uh, writes in this time with the first question. Chad says, hey, uh, is there any insight to how this staff prepares for the weeks? It looks like Lombardi could do the game plan with Carr with a little input from the head coach during the week, but then McDaniels calls the plays um, without fear of any regard for the plan that they put in place. Do you have any thoughts on their process? Well, I they've not talked about their process. They've not really given much insight into it. Mick Lombardi's spoken and he talks, he dances a little bit around it. But knowing that this staff mostly came from Belichick, uh, they're not going to tell you what they do to prepare for a game. But knowing what we saw against Denver versus what we saw the week before against Tennessee. What do you think? Is it is it Josh McDaniels on his own devising this, or do we think perhaps maybe his staff had a little more influence uh, in this win against Denver? I'm not in the room, so I really can't speak on this definitively. So don't treat this as a report. But this is how it usually runs when you have a head coach who's also the lead play caller. He, as Chad, I think, mentioned the email, he has the final call. So Josh McDaniels makes the call on game days. But the week leading up to the game, Mick Lombardi and the other coaches more than likely have some input on how things are run. They're also watching film and looking at things and looking at the uh, weaknesses of the opponent. So they're all involved in the process. But Joshua Dance has the final call. And, and, And most people around the league have a feel for this. When you have an offensive coordinator who isn't calling the plays because the head coach is, usually the offensive coordinator is a glorified quarterback's coach. Right. So that was so that was Greg Olson under John Gruden until John Gruden had to resign. Greg Olson was probably involved in the game planning, but he was kind of the liaison, the communicator between Derek Carr and John Gruden. I think that's how John Gruden described that relationship, that Olson is the goal between between him and Carr. And I think this it's the same thing or a similar situation with Mick Lombardi between Carr and Josh McDaniels. That makes sense. And and I think too that it sometimes changed. My experience has been they might start out with one way, especially when you have a young coach like Mick Lombardi, who's not been an offensive coordinator before, where mm-hmm. he might have a diminished role at first. But then over time, if the coach believes because he yeah. might ha- he's got his ear, right? He's got Josh McDaniel's yep. ear and he and he says, OK, here's what we're doing. They are sitting in the room and they're doing the game plan. And Mick Lombardi says, hey, uh, coach, what about this instead of that? And McDaniels can say, okay, great. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll fi- we'll figure that out another time when we play, uh, I don't know, the Jaguars. Um, or mm-hmm. he might say, that's a good point. Maybe we put that in there. We'll put that in as option two, or he reads out of that. So so I think that it does change over time as the coach gets familiar with his staff as well. But to your point, just like Gruden, just like McDaniels, when you're the head coach and you're calling plays, um, that glorified kind of quarterbacks coach is there uh, and and he's learning, right? So hopefully he he flourishes into that 
and we can do that. But Josh, thanks again for your for your or chat, excuse me. Thanks again for your question. All right, we're going to get on to our second question here. By the way, everybody who writes in, except for Chad, because if Chad, Chad would have like 50 stickers, because he writes in. <laughs> Shout out to Chad. Shout out to Chad, because he's a great, great listener, and he's always got good questions, so we appreciate him. He does. Um, and uh, a lot of you didn't want to write in, I think, because you were too mad, and you would have thrown your computer through a glass window. But uh, we're going to get on to that, but thank you, Chad, for the question again. This one comes to us from Daniel Solis. Daniel... Where did he go? Oh, here he is. Uh, he had to send me in. He is in Upland, California, so he is a Cal Raider fan. He says, hey, um, I was having a back and forth with my buddy after we went to 0-3. He was blaming Car McDaniels for the losses. I was in the mindset that the players are not executing. When you look at two drop passes in the end zone by Waller, might have cost us the game, along with penalties and a great play, the penalties on Barr, and, of course, the huge pass to Hollins he's talking about. He says, here's my two questions. One, is McDaniels to blame for the players not executing, or is it the players themselves? If it's McDaniels, what can be done to get the players to execute properly as we are with Waller's drop pass, Renfro's fumble, and so on? So let's take that first part of the question because there's a second part. Mo, this is a great question because at the end of the day, you can go back and forth on it and, and have great arguments on both sides. A player is responsible for their play, but at the same time, just like if you're the head of your company, you're the manager of a McDonald's, you're the manager of a grocery store, at the end of the day, it's all your responsibility, right? So he owns it at the, at, at the top, but at the same time, there are players who are not focusing and they can have some relation, can't they? Right. The to me, it falls on the coaches when you don't have the right game plan to attack your opponent. So let's go back to week two against the Arizona Cardinals. To me, that's on Josh McDaniels because there were points in the second half where he should have ran the ball a lot more. That drive where it lasted 24 seconds and they threw three consecutive times. Unless Carr is changing the plays at the line of scrimmage, that's on Josh McDaniels. Call a run play, bleed the clock a little bit. Now, when Derek Carr drew those picks against the Chargers, that's on the player. When Darren Waller didn't come down with those catches in the end zone, that's on the player in execution. On Sunday, when the Raiders played the Denver Broncos, did you see how Derek Carr was upset about something on one stall drive and had to kick a field goal? It seemed like he was upset because someone either didn't run the route correctly or wasn't in the right spot. There was a situation on another stall drive in the red zone where Derek Carr threw it, I believe, to the outside and and uh, Devontae Adams went inside. So those are miscommunications between players. You can't blame the coaches for that because Josh McDaniels can't run the route for these players. <laughs> he can't throw the ball for Derek Carr. So or that's hold on not to on the him. ball. Right. It's it's on the players to execute. So it's a it's this is not the the greatest answer. The answer that's going to win points at the water cooler, at the wine cooler, at the beer, at the beer <laughs> drinking contest, whatever. But it's a little bit of both. The players have to execute. Got You got to have your hands on the ball. Got to got to haul in those touchdown passes. Got to throw the ball. Got to have good ball placement. But the coaches have to put the players in position to succeed. And you have to run those plays successively to make sure the players actually get it and they execute it properly at practice. Because as Derek Carr said <laughs> last week after the loss to the Titans, if you don't run it well at practice, you're probably not going to execute it well during the game. Exactly. And so the answer to the question, I, as I read you, Mo, is both. I mean, but yes, you have to do it. So, so I think in some ways... Uh, Daniel, uh, you and your friend are both correct. So yes. you could just shake hands, <laughs> share a Modelo, and, yes. and call it a day. 
Now, second part of, of Daniel's question, uh, and this is a really interesting one that mentions a good friend of ours, too. It says, relating to the questions above, Q, your boy Q over at Raider Nation Radio, our good buddy, uh, had an interview with Ryan Clark, and Clark stated that the Raiders training camp was uptight and not fun. Could there be a culture change that has these players um, not executing on the field? Love to hear the combo you and Mo have each week on the show. Thanks, and just win maybe. Not just win, baby. Just win, maybe. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Again, from Upland, California. Um, so, Mo, I'm going to jump in on this one, too, to start out with, which is, so if you look at the training camp, it was no fun. Um, if you know where Josh McDaniels came from, if you know that, now, of course, he is not Bill Belichick by any stretch of the imagination, but he came out of that environment. Bill Belichick wants ultimate commitment from his players. It's about committing. It's about a sense of urgency all the time. It's about a focus. It's about getting business done. And if you want to play for him, that's what you give up. It's not fun. It's about working hard and winning trophies. So Josh McDaniels, I think, brought that in. And I think, was it an issue for this team in camp? I think perhaps it could have been because they had a resort-style attitude with John Gruden. That's everything I was told, everything I was seen. You saw how many times they broke COVID protocol and all those types of penalties that this team endured. Um, and it was indicative of that environment. So, so when you go from one culture to the other, I think it could have had some impact. It was a shock to the system. And still, maybe these players are trying to get used to that. You're right about that, but it also what it also does it it could weed out people who don't fit the culture that they want there. So, if you have players who aren't responding to the business's usual type of culture they're trying to bring in, then they won't be there. But I want to ask a question to anyone listening to this podcast, and even you, Scott. When you go to work, are you expecting to get work done, or are you expecting to have fun? Now, ideally, <laughs> ideally you want to have fun at work, but you don't go to work thinking, "Yeah, I want to go to work and have fun." No, it's yeah. about production, right? So, production. of course, it's uh, uh, maybe uptight is the word you want to cling to that Ryan Clark said, and you don't want a, a uptight workplace. You want people to not be loosey-goosey, but you want them to be in a relaxed environment where they can produce. Certain people certain people respond to different environments, right? So some people need that. Some people need an uptight culture because they're a bit loosey, and if you're not on them, they're going to be lax. Some people don't need an uptight environment and they're just internally motivated so they don't need that you know business as usual because they're always business as usual anyway but when you go into work to me you have to expect to work and nothing else now if it's fun great but if it's not oh well you're there to work anyway not to have fun yeah exactly and that's the point do you want to win a trophy or do you want to hang out and have fun i mean that's the bottom line and you're right. I think your analogy, Mo, about putting it into perspective with our own jobs, right, which is, hey, if you could go to work and every day now, it, I agree with you, if you can do both, great, that doesn't happen yeah. all the time. But if you go to work, and you know that if you bust your hump, and it's not as much fun, it's a little uptight, but at the end of the month, or the end of the quarter, or the end of the week, there's a great reward for doing that and having that focus as a team, and you guys come together then it's worth it, correct? So I think the value, it depends on what the value at the end of the rainbow is. And if the mm -hmm. value in this case is a championship and a bigger contract, by the way, if you play well and you're one of those guys, then suddenly 
it's worth it. Okay, so yeah, guess what? It's going to be a pain in the ass. It's going to be ball-busting weeks. Uh, and listen, no training camps are ball-busting weeks anymore like they used to be, let's face it. Uh, but if it's going to be a little less fun than it was under John Gruden, so be it. As long as I get to put that ring on and hoist that trophy, I don't really care. So great, great points there. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Mailbag Show. Thank you so much uh, to uh, Daniel for from Upland, Daniel Salas, for sending that in. When we get back, we're going to talk about... Broncos fans at Allegiant Stadium, a question we got on that. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black today, a Raiders podcast here on Odyssey, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo and Scott will be back right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. It is Wednesday. It is the mailbag edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe, download the podcast, set auto download. Then every time a show hits, you're going to get it right there at your fingertips. We appreciate it. I am Scott Colbranson. He is Mo Moten. We're here taking your questions, getting, getting them in and understanding what's in your head is always so helpful. And this one, Mo, get ready because it's going to set me off a little bit. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm stretching my arms. I'm ready to go. All right. <laughs> I'm getting floppy here. Um, all right. So, so Mo, I mentioned it earlier. The Broncos fans in Las Vegas showed up in force. There was, quote, unquote, a lot of orange jerseys. I don't know how you quantify a lot. I guess if you can see them on TV, that means a lot. Or if you're a Raiders fan in the stadium and there's more than three, that's a lot. Is it more than three? Is it more than 3,000? Is it more than 10,000? I can't quantify it, okay? But either way, a lot of people made the comment, including some journalists and so on. So a lot of Bronco fans here. Now, two things I want to do before I get to this question. One is, for those of you who've never lived in Las Vegas, and I've lived in Las Vegas twice, Las Vegas has always had a large number of Bronco fans. I'm just going to say that. Nobody talked about that yesterday because most of the people talking about it don't know much about Las Vegas. So, so it used to drive me crazy because I could not understand why there were so many Bronco fans in Las Vegas. Bumper stickers, license plate frames, jerseys at sale at the Target. Like, what are you doing? 
but anyway, that's that's what sold. I guess it was that that run where the Broncos were good, maybe with Elway and so on. So so anyway, there's always been a good contingent of Bronco fans in Las Vegas. Same with Cowboy fans. Now, if the Cowboys ever play in Las Vegas, you'll see it. Okay, just just to get everybody squared away on that. So this question we get is from Jared, and he's in Las Vegas, and he says, "I was." I can't use the word Bronco fans, effing Bronco fans in Las Vegas. What's wrong with Raider Nation season ticket holders that they sell their tickets to non Raider fans? There should be a rule against this Raider Nation for life. F the F the donkeys, Jared in Vegas. Okay, so Mo, I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually gonna let you go first, Mo. What do you What do you have to say about people complaining about the number of Bronco fans at Allegiant Stadium and that it would never happen in Oakland? I'm not going to be as fiery as you about this because this is closer to your uh, backyard than mine, being that you lived in Vegas twice. Yeah. Um, but I actually didn't, as a person who didn't live in Vegas, I, did, I had no idea what the fan base makeup is is like there. But I would assume that the Raiders just moving there, that they're not going to have a stronghold right away. Because let's be honest, you know, Vegas, you know, didn't have a football team. So what was who were the fans rooting for before the Raiders got there would be a good question to ask a Vegas native or someone who's lived in Vegas, which I now know Broncos fans were there already. So I, it, it makes sense that there were Broncos fans there. Um, I will say that I did text you after reporters noted that a lot of Broncos, a lot of orange in the stadium. Yep. Uh, Josh Jacobs commented on this. Max Crosby commented on this. And my thing is, um, at this point, you have to understand Vegas is a popular destination. So you're going to have a mix of fans from different fan bases coming in. And let's be honest, if a person wants to sell their tickets and make some money off of it, they're not caring if they're selling it to a Raider fan or not. They're just like looking to some of them make the biggest profit. And that's what matters to them. So it may be different for Jared or anyone else who sells Raiders tickets. They may say well, Raider fans only, and that's cool. But other people don't have the same parameters that you do they're just looking to turn in a profit or maybe give it to a buddy. Cause well, let's be honest. A lot of Raiders fans have buddies who are fans of rival teams. Right. So they may say, Oh, I can't go to the game. I'm just going to sell it or give it to my buddy who may be a Bronco fan, who may be a chiefs fan, who may be a Chargers fan. And that's okay. Um, for Jared, apparently not, but for others, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I saw a lot of people say, okay, you should, at least if you sell your tickets, you should sell them to a Raider fan. It's like, so, so like, that's like me saying, hey, you're selling your house because you're moving, but only sell it to a Raider fan. Like, they're property. I know, I understand the sentiment of, hey, let's keep our house our house. I get it. I totally get mm -hmm. it. And there's a lot of shade thrown at Vegas. People still mad that the Raiders left Oakland and the dump that was the Oakland Coliseum. I, I understand there's mad. I grew up in San Diego Stadium, which was a dump too, but all my memories are there. So I understand the correlation, but it's still a dump. Now that one's gone, but Oakland's still there. So, so I get that piece of it. But if you paid $120,000 for your seats and you're not going to the game, I'm going to sell them to whoever gives me the most money. And if you think that that's being disloyal to my team, then you can send me $120,000. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's your property, right? Mm -hmm. And I get it. Like, if, if there was a way to only sell to Raider fans and there was Raider fans who were going to buy them, fine. Totally good. Yeah. But remember, 
Winning cures everything. If you win, there will be no orange in the stadium because every Raider fan who wants to go to the game will snatch up every ticket that they can. Uh, we saw this with the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights were an expansion team. Everybody thought, oh, my God, half the game is going to be the visiting team because they're going to suck. Guess what happened? They went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. You could not get a seat. There was maybe two games where you had a big contingent of people from St. Louis and Chicago. That was it. So I, I just think that people's – it's almost like people wanted to find negativity before that game, before it even started. And it's like, who cares? So great. They paid money for your – they're staying in hotels. They're paying for your stadium. God bless them. And then beat them so they feel like crap when they leave, and which is what happened. So – it's just really mm -hmm. interesting to me that this becomes such an issue for people, especially when I know the last several years the Raiders were in Oakland. Half the time the stadium was empty. Would you rather have it empty than have it people in the stadium generating revenue for your team? I don't think so. Mm -mm. You're going to get a lot of angry emails. Uh -huh. You're going to get angry emails from Oakland Raider fans. You're going to get angry emails from uh, people in Vegas. You know who, you know who loves me? You who loves me, the L.A. Raider fans. They love me. <laughs> and why is... Oh, yeah. I, okay, the, the, I, no. I oh, I look, we have a lot of fans. Okay. I mean, our good friend Fabian up in the San Jose. We have Wendy up in the Bay Area. We have lots of fans in the Bay Area. They'll get what I'm saying. And they agree because they're all in. They fly to Vegas every weekend for the Raider games. That's how much they love the Raiders and love Allegiant Stadium. Not it, that everything's it, perfect. Right. But it, it, boils down to, it boils down to this, Scott. People are more more loyal to their financial to their pockets and their financial reach than than the Raiders, and you have to expect that. As you said, am I gonna am I gonna take the best offer on the table, or am I gonna take less because a Raider fan wants to go to a game versus maybe a Bronco fan who wants to go to a game? And 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 that's the thing. We have a listener who I'll, I'll not share their name just for privacy reasons, but we have a listener who has PSL season tickets. It cost him a quarter million dollars. Okay, so $250,000 worth of seats. That's, all, that's as much as one of the suites, by the way, but they're seats. So two hundred and fifty. dollars Now, for most of us, including me, I'm raising my hand, could never understand spending that kind of money on tickets. So imagine you have those tickets and, and you're not going to just give them away. You're going to sell them. Uh, because you can't make it to the game because you're on vacation or you have a business trip, whatever it is. What are you supposed to do? Hey, I'll give them to you for 20 bucks. No. <laughs> that person mm -hmm. can't afford those tickets because he's done with his money. So, so mm -hmm. I think it's hard for us to relate to it. So I, I understand fans' perspective sometimes like, well, why don't you sell your tickets to a Raider fan? Well, I couldn't find a Raider fan that wanted to pay me $8,000 for two seats uh, right at the 50-yard line. Maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying there aren't Raider fans who can afford it because there are. We know there are. But – Whatever the reason, it's 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 a free market. It's capitalism. That's the way it goes. So anyway, that's my my high horse. And yes, I'll get some hate mail, but that's okay. I eat it for breakfast. All right. So <laughs> we move on. This one threw me, Mo. This question, and and I hope I hope you're okay with it. Um, but this comes from Lynn in Walnut Creek, California, which is East Bay, by the way. Um, and I was I was curious because it says Lynn Walnut Creek. And then it's got a parenthesis, and it says 29 and single. So I was like, 20, why are you telling me you're 29 and single? Well, she wasn't telling me she was 29 and single. Apparently, she's telling somebody else because she says, does Mo, <laughs> you ready? Does Mo eat sushi? And if he does, next time I'm in New York City, can I take him out for some? 
That's you're kidding. That is not true. It's a, it's a true. It's a true email. You you gotta be. You know what's funny about that email? What's that? I actually had. Uh uh, how how do I say this? I had a I had like two trays of California rolls. Oh, uh, so you do on, like sushi? I love sushi. I do. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I will yeah. forward Lynn's email to you. <laughs> I'll first ask her to send a picture. Oh. No. no oh my gosh. But See, seriously, I'm, no. But no, seriously, it's a well-timed email because I I felt embarrassed the amount of sushi that I ate Saturday because <laughs> what I like to do is because I work I have a long work for the people that don't know I, I do a bunch of stuff during the week so on Saturday when Saturday comes I just eat food on on my sofa and watch college <laughs> football the whole day I am just. I'm in a cave. No one yes. can find me. It was just this Saturday, last Saturday. It was me, multiple trays of sushi, and football on. Bama and <laughs> Arkansas were on. It was a, there were a bunch of ranked teams playing. You had the Pac Pac 12 is Pac 10 Pac 12 is popping again. I I I had a ball eating sushi, and I, I absolutely love it. I didn't I didn't start eating sushi until two three years ago. Um, I know I'm a late adopter on that, but there was a Japanese restaurant that opened maybe 10 minutes from where I live. And I said, Hey, you know, a lot of people talk about sushi. It's either like a love hate thing. And I said, I'll try it. And I went there and, and I loved it. And I was like, okay, this could be my new thing. So I started off as a Sunday. Uh, I want to call it breakfast, but kind of like a brunch for me before kickoff games. And now it's yep. moved to a Saturday tradition, sushi and college football. Now, do you only do California roll or are you getting adventurous and trying out some other stuff? I've tried I've tried an Alaskan roll, a uh, lobster roll, mm-hmm. uh, I think a dragon roll. Oh, a dragon roll! Good job. Yeah, um, shrimp tempura. I, I've had a, a an array of eel. things. Got to do some <sighs> eel. I'm a little scared. Of, I'm a little scared of yeah, eel. Yeah, it doesn't. Ta- it, it tastes great. You do that. Do a little crunchy shrimp roll. Trust me okay. on this. Crunchy shrimp okay. roll. You'll love that as well. So, okay. so yeah. So, so I, I, I will send it. I cannot promise you, Lynn, that, that, uh, that Mo will get, because we don't know, because in, in our business, sometimes there's people who want to like take voodoo dolls and pinch them and do all kinds of crazy things and maybe try to call your eyes out. But, now, but I will, <laughs> I will say, Lynn, if you're, if you're a Chiefs, Chargers or Broncos fan <laughs> emailing this, I will be afraid that you're trying to poison me. So you need uh. to be like Jared said in our last email, I will only accept sushi from Raiders fans because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to get poisoned. <laughs> I don't want to get poisoned. This could be oh a Chiefs fan infiltrating and trying to get me off air for good. I don't know. Lynn, we need we need some video photo evidence that you are who you say you are because exactly. no catfishing. Yeah, no catfishing because there's a lot of that going on on Raiders Twitter lately, and there's a lot of dudes out there posing as women. <laughs> that so is I true. I, I, I do not fall prey to it. Yes, I am not gonna be the next guy that shows up on Twitter talking to a dude posing as a woman trying to get me some poison sushi and get me <laughs> off the air. Okay, just putting that out there. Mo Moten cannot write his column today because he's. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he got he got bad blowfish and died. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's funny you mentioned that though, because I get, and I'm sure you get them. Any male in 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 any sort of content production, whether you're in the media or you're a YouTuber or whatever, you get these requests on Instagram or if you have it or Twitter, where it's like, 
Jennifer104362, and of course, they always have this amazing rack on them, and it's like, hey, and you're mm-hmm. like, really? Who falls for this? Seriously, who right, falls exactly. for this? Let alone a married guy like me, right? Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to, oh, yeah, hey, you do it. And it, it's just crazy. So, so you're right. So, Lynn, if you're real, we'll figure yes. something out. We'll figure something out, even if it yes. means sushi via video at first yes. to make sure you're real. Yes. We need, like, a sushi deposit before we, we get together and, and have sushi. Yes, and and Mo is okay with younger women. He is okay. You're you're right at the limit. Twenty nine. You know he he doesn't go below twenty. It's twenty eight, isn't it? Right? No. Yeah, the limit for me is twenty five. You got to be twenty five okay. and up because I'm thirty six. Full disclosure, I'm thirty six. So if you were born, I guess what is that after ninety seven? Because in ninety seven, I was I was already going to the sixth grade. Right. Uh, you know. If you're if you were born after '97, the closer you are to 2000, the more is to me it's a red flag. I yes. mean, you were in sixth, then it's, sixth grade, grade in '97. Okay, that's when my yes. daughter was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already in sixth grade, so. <laughs> but luckily, she's closer to 30, so we're we're in the same age group. She's seven years behind me, but See? she was still. You know, born in '93. That's that's still we we watch some of the same cartoons, saw some of the same shows. Mm-hmm. Yes. But once after after '95, it gets kind of dicey. Then I have to start asking some questions, like you know, what did you grow <laughs> up on? Which shows did you watch? You know what? Yeah, you know, you get you, you got to find out. All, yeah. all I know is that yeah, Mo's getting food and date requests <laughs> on the mailbag show, which is just golden. <laughs> But I, 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 I'm glad that you like sushi, so we, we, we have something else that Mo likes. All right, we're going to get to our last question, and it's not a request for a date. Um, it's from Rob in Phoenix. Rob says, hey, guys, love listening to the podcast. Why are you the only guys that are objective? I love the Raiders. I love fighting with other AFC West fans, but I love listening to you guys because you never sugarcoat it. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and he asks, why don't the Raiders ever do an alternate Jersey? Why don't they consider doing a black helmet? Uh, everyone else in the NFL is making more money and making more money and doing these alternate jerseys. But the Raiders seem like they're just old fashioned and they won't do it. Thanks, Rob in Phoenix. Mo, the Raiders uniform to me, it's like the Yankees. You can't change it. You can't make it better. So an alternate Jersey, an alternate black helmet I don't think it ever happens. I don't think it ever happens because the Raiders seem like traditionalists. And like a lot of the fans believe that the Raiders have the best jerseys in the league. And I agree with that. I mean, I wore a Raiders jersey when I was a kid. I had multiple, so I understand. But (laughs) I I believe that the Raiders jerseys are fine as they are, though I wouldn't mind seeing an alternate black jersey. But I get why the organization seems like traditionalists because, let's be honest, when it comes to the Raiders and – some of the alum and the players who've walked through those doors at Raider headquarters, and they're very, very much in tradition. And I just yes. don't see them breaking away from that. Well, and it, and it goes back to Al Davis, too. It's sort of like uh, Al's been gone now 11 years, but you look at the situation with Mark Davis still being in the owner, being the family. If this was a different ownership group that didn't have a connection to mm-hmm. the history of the Raiders, i.e. Al Davis, then perhaps they would consider that. But I just think to going back, and I, I just use the Yankees as an example because the Yankees just don't do it. They don't 
have any i mean they might tweak things a little bit here and there like the raiders have done i think the raiders alternate their throwback jerseys with the silver numbers on the white um are my my favorite raider jersey and then the the shield on the helmet being the silver the older limit too i think to me that is their alternate uniform right and a black helmet like a black everybody's got black helmets now i don't think it's special yeah other teams have silver helmets as well but that shield that one black stripe down the middle just sets it apart it's sort of like you just it's it's like in and out burger you just oh, don't me- <laughs> the menu is simple <laughs> you don't mess with it or think of anything that's simple right you think about uh anything and you just say you know sometimes the best is the understated and i think that's the situation with the raiders so i get it rob i get you want more cool gear and and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of different stuff out there now a lot of these licensees make kind of their own stuff you might find a raider jersey that's got red white and blue you might find a raider jersey that's camo or sparkly if you're female um <laughs> although i'm sure there's males who wear those too but there there th- there's differences out there but officially i don't think we'll ever see from the raiders anything uh like what he's talking about with the black helmet yeah i just don't see it happening but um like you said there are all types of alternate jerseys that you, you can get different color schemes and whatnot that you can if you like, you can buy, but don't expect an authentic one coming from the Raiders organization. Just, just not going to happen. Sometimes the original is just the best anyway. It is. It is. Well, there you go. That's the mailbag for this week. And we got sushi in there. We got uniforms in there. We got play call. We got everything in there. And perhaps a date for Mo. So we'll have to do that. We'll, uh, we'll follow up with Lynn in Walnut Creek. Um, oh, wait. I just got a message. She's flying to... New York now. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) We'll take care of that offline. Uh, But anyway, uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us as you do every Wednesday for the mailbag show. And again, send your mail in. I recommend waiting till after the game so it's fresh and you have that perspective. But you can send them anytime you want. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Questions for Mo, questions for me, questions for both of us. Statements, you want to just make a statement, you can do that and send it to us as well. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mo, I always have fun with these, not just because people are trying to hit on you, but also (laughs) just kind of to hear what people have to say. Because I used to do Raider Nation Radio, we get calls all the time, but I actually like the writing because I think people have to think a little bit more before they call and calling is or before they write and and calling is a little different but it's always fun man to hear from folks yeah there's no pressure you, you're not on the spot kind of because you know some people call and they freeze up see you can write all types of emails and say all types of things and no one can see you you're you're in the comfort of your own home or wherever you are and i think it's just like you said you you put a little more thought into it and you have to write it down and send it off Yes, you do. All right, Mo, we will be back tomorrow on Thursday. We're going to go in-depth on the Chiefs. We're also going to get you up to date on the Raiders' injury report and any roster moves they may have made. I still am hoping if Denzel Perryman can't play that they can go get a middle linebacker, i.e. Martinez. Uh, We'll see what Mm -hmm. they do, Uh, but but we'll have that to talk about as well as a special, a special segment. Mo, and I haven't told you about this, but just a special segment. Um, Mo is on, is really just in a really tough place right now. He's Mm -hmm. 0-4 in the Fantasy League. Yep. And we're going to have uh, Kelly on on Thursday, and (laughs) Kelly has invited a special guest, and this special guest is going to give you a little pep talk. 
and we want we want you to turn things around. The Raiders did. They they're now one and three. You're still zero and four. Mm-hmm. And so we want we want to figure that out. And and we're bringing in a specialist, a specialist that's going to talk to you and give you a little pep talk. Interesting. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wondering who this could be. Well, it's um, Kelly, so you know it can't be anybody famous or interesting. No, it'll be it'll be interesting or weird, but uh, they're going to give you a pep talk. That's all. Mm, I don't know if that's <laughs> a good thing or a bad like, thing. Hmm, I'm not sure yeah. if I like this or not. And it's, it's, <laughs> and it's not Lynn with sushi, but it will be somebody special to give you a pep talk. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll also go over the Chiefs, latest with them, and what makes them so dangerous and why they're performing so well without even a Mr. Tyreek Hill. Mo, as always, a fun time, my man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We got to pick a winner, Scott. Oh, oh my gosh, we have to pick a winner. I, I'm a good wingman. I'm going to pick Lynn, of course. I was going to say Lynn wins when I get proof <laughs> Lynn is who she says she is. That's when she go. gets the t-shirt. There you but go. today... See. But for today, Wednesday, I'm gonna go with either Chad because Chad is Chad is cons- Chad's consistency. He's he consistent. has more consist- He has more consistency than the Raiders. Yeah, I think Chad. I think Chad should be the winner. Uh, as uh, if you want to pick an alternate, if you have another idea, I think Mr. Salas also had a good question. If I'm he not did. mistaken, two parter. Uh, the two parter question I think yeah. was really good. But uh, though between those two, I, I should win the shirt. Against my own financial interests, um, I'm going to go with both of them. No, I, seriously, I think both were great questions. And 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 Chad, I think Chad, we already have on the list for a shirt, so I'm going to reach out to him and get a different size so maybe his girlfriend, wife, mother, daughter, son, whoever, could get one, so I'll check. Because Chad definitely, listen, he shows up every week, man. He just yep. he, do, he doesn't miss a show. He sends in questions. They're all good. They're not mm-hmm. questions like, how come Max Crosby has tattoos? Or, or anything like that. It's always usually, <laughs> usually pretty good. So we appreciate that. So Daniel and Chad, you're both getting a silver and black today t-shirt, which, by the way, arrive at my humble home on Friday. So we're finally going to be able to get those packaged up and sent them out. So Daniel and Chad, congratulations on that one. Good choice, Mo. I appreciate that. All right. For Mo Moten, I'm Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening. And give us a five-star rating if you would. I, we would appreciate that very, very much. And we will talk to you tomorrow, Thursday show. We'll preview the Chiefs. We'll talk about latest Raiders news and roster updates. Until then, take care, Raider Nation, and take care of one another. <laughs>